Lead Time is a weekly dose of leadership insights and interviews from Tim Allman and Jake Bessling. Lead Time is for any leader living in a busy world looking to be inspired, equipped, and empowered to lead others to their fullest potential. This is Lead Time. Welcome to Lead Time. My name is Jake Bessling, here with my buddy, my pal, Tim Allman. It's a beautiful day to be alive, Jake. It is. We are both husbands, fathers, sons, pastors, and trying our best to follow Jesus with our heart, soul, and mind. We believe eternities are changed when a leader grows. And we believe a leader grows when they can clearly articulate their life story. It's who they are. It's what they've experienced. For us as Christians, we're all a part of the greatest story of all time, Jesus' story. His life, his death, and his resurrection. And Paul states that our story is linked to Jesus' story through baptism in Romans 6, 4. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. That's our story. All of us have a story to share. All of us have a life filled with topsy-turvy, ups and downs, and all-arounds. Life, you can't predict life. You really can't. It's a crazy, crazy journey. And here's the thing. We are blessed on this journey as God writes his story through us individually to share the story of other people, their faith story. So today we're going to hear a very different faith story from Becky and Joel Cosberg, who just arrived back here in Arizona a few weeks ago. Joel is the newest member on our team. You're rocking it, dude. He has a term uh, or title vicar, which means he's apprenticing here in our community, and he's going to be in the next year and a half or so, he's going to be uh, ordained as a pastor in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod. So Joel, you are humble, you're kind, you're a great team member. I've been impressed with your ability to ask awesome questions. Humble leaders are inquisitive, curious leaders. You ask great questions. And most importantly, you married way up, bro, with Becky, 100%. Yeah, she's, she's next level for sure. Yeah, Joel, you're humble, um, remarkably respectful, calm, and cool. I've been impressed in meetings where um, you are only here like two days or something and could clearly articulate what you had read and heard about our mission, our vision, and where we're headed. That's a great sign of a leader. You demand. Welcome to our team and welcome to this show. Thanks, you know. I uh, feel like I really made it. I'm on lead time. I just (laughs) wanted to talk to my wife and I get to tag along. I'm happy to be here. So Isn't good. that how your life goes now, though? Yeah. This is going to be on. fun. And Becky, we look forward to wow. getting to know you more into the future. But to see you in worship and mm-hmm. just having Carly there in your arms and just being a, a mother and supporting Joel and him supporting you, um, it's just so good to have you in our community. This is going to be fun. We're going to start, though, with not Joel, ladies nope. first. Yep. Becky, <laughs> we are so glad that you are with us and we want to get to know your life story. We hope that the questions we ask help our listeners Reflect upon their own life story, including their background, their experiences, their faith, and their family life. So tell us where you grew up, maybe a little bit about your family, and what was one life-changing moment that you experienced as a child that would have shaped you into who you are today. Ready, set, go. (laughs) Yeah, I grew up in uh, Illinois. I grew up in a suburb of Chicago called Glenview. Uh, my dad and his dad built the house that we lived in for my whole life, and they still live there today. So wow, it's pretty cool. My That's family is crazy though. There's seven of us. Okay. And there's always been like no less than four dogs. Like seven kids. Seven, seven kids. Dogs. And yes. the house they built. And the house they built. So um, at one point we kind of 
found a pet raccoon too. That kind of explains who my mom is. I feel like in a okay. nutshell. Okay. Uh, will they be listening? Yeah. Will yeah, they yeah. be listening to this? <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> and the ducks. I oh, hope not. The ducks. Oh yeah, she's got three ducks right now. This is in a suburb of Illinois. Yes. Okay. So I feel rural like... or is it really suburb? What is it, Joel? It's I don't suburb. Know. Yeah. Suburb. You can't go rural. Okay. Yeah. No. It's definitely not legal you... to have three ducks, but she all right, does it. All right. Um, so I, uh, okay. I mean, that's cool. I, I mean, cause you could think outside of Chicago and then yeah. think, you know, um, am I really a suburb or I'm rural? Cause you're describing some kind of some rural things there. No, it's the, yeah. it's like the North side suburbs. Walking. Yeah. All right. Walking yeah. down the street with the, the ducks. She's just crazy. So what I hear is it was an eclectic, wild, uh, diverse environment. Boys, girls of the seven kids. There's four that? boys, three girls. Four boys and three girls. So a crazy, crazy fun yes. environment. You can have a basketball team, volleyball team, whatever it is, just with, and the age right where are you at in that um, I got three older three younger wow you're right, right smack in dab in the middle yes. do you do much on birth order and how people <laughs> see yeah, life yeah I'm pretty I'm pretty dead on on the middle child stereotype <laughs> which is what I'm curious how do you uh, define yourself a rebel okay. I think my mom used to tell me that I used to pinch my sister in the car seat car seat so fun. she would have to get yeah you know just to just to do it yeah, yeah. bring some life I'm nicer now and yeah, that's good but. to know yeah. He, he did, she didn't pinch too much. Marginally nicer, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so <laughs> there's growth. Who, who was one of like yeah. the most significant people from your childhood that really impacted you? I think my dad. Um, just watching who my dad was and how people saw him and his work ethic. He's an extremely hard worker. Um, he's a contractor, so uh, he's always busy and going and serving people. And even though my family doesn't know Jesus, I think that my dad kind of loves loves people in that way right. even though he doesn't know that he's doing it um so he's been a big role model for we're talking about love god love others he's really a he loves yeah others well. yeah that's good. So let's talk about college what was your major in college and uh, what did that whole experience look like for you there i i'm an early childhood education major with minor in teaching english so i can teach english to anyone who is wow. not their first language wow. um yeah i think my i took a year off after high school before I went to college because I kind of just wanted to figure life out. And so I worked and kind of thought about, I always knew I wanted to be a teacher, but just kind of wanted to be in the right mindset to further my career and get the best out of my education. So um, I was pretty, I think doing what you want to do in college is different because in high school you're taking all these classes that you're supposed to take. And in college you're actually doing something that you're passionate about. So I really thrived in that. Um, I was a resident assistant my sophomore and junior year, and that was awesome. I got to, like, lead a freshman floor of girls. I had, like, 20 girls on my floor. So there was really never a dull moment in that either. Um, but it was good. I I felt like I was really in my place of who I wanted to be and how I wanted to lead, and it was nice to have, um, like, people that I, like, supported and loved and led and still talk to to this day. So to help people through their college experience was significant. So what school do you go to? I went to Concordia, Chicago. Concordia, Chicago. Now, how did you make that choice? I'm curious about that. It was weird because I wasn't ready to go to college after high school. I had to, like, figure my life out. So when I first got into the first college I applied to, which was Southern Illinois, and my mom was like, that's six hours away. Like, I love you, but, like, you can't just come home. I was like, but I got into college. Let yeah. me go. Yeah. So we kind of like talked about it. And um, my sister, we all played volleyball. So my sister played with a set of twins and their sister was going to play volleyball at Concordia, Chicago. And that's how I heard about it. 
didn't really cross my mind that it was like a Lutheran school or anything like that. Um, I just kind of went just thinking, oh, I'll play volleyball or it's 35 minutes away from home and it's close. So um, I went and I lived on campus, but I didn't play volleyball. That's so good. Tell us a story about how you met this stallion. Oh, the stallion, the basketball court. Yeah. We had mutual friends through the basketball team, um, and we were just kind of all hanging out one day. And, you know, he's really good looking, so caught, caught my eye a little bit. My hair was better then. Ooh, he still he is. He did have these brutal glasses, though. Do you remember those? Yeah, they're big. You guys have some yeah. nice big glasses. glasses. Now, really we've, come, we've come a long way oh. in our fashion. A lot of growth, growth yeah. mindset. That's awesome. This was guy, that this guy gets it. sophomore year or freshman? My sophomore year, her, her freshman. freshman year. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, so you went to this college, Concordia University, and it's Christian, it's Lutheran, and you weren't really, sh- you didn't know much about that, but you entered in just to because of other reasons. Yeah. What was, let's take a step back, what was like Christianity or religion like for you growing up? Um, if you had it or didn't have it, and then what did you heard about it? What was that all like? Yeah, I didn't g- grow up going to church with my family or anything like that. Um not that we were, like, atheist or, like, anything. It just wasn't – we weren't exposed to it as kids. So um, I, when I first heard about Jesus, I was in high school, and I went to a youth group called Young Life. And um, everyone kept inviting me to it, and I was like, I don't know anything about Jesus. Like, like I, I feel like this isn't even a stretch to exaggerate, but, like, Christmas, like, wasn't what it – like, it didn't mean what it is now to me. What like, did it mean to you back then? It was just a holiday that my, you know, my family got to hang out. My dad stayed home from work that day. Like, yeah. you family know, time, it was Christmas. It was, Santa there wasn't Claus. like, oh, there's a reason for Christmas, you know? So, um, I think, you know, when I started going to Young Life, it, they portrayed Jesus in a way that was like relatable to me. They would say something in their life that happened and pull out a story from the Bible that, you know, was applicable. And I was like, this makes sense with how like my brain works, like in this modern way of learning about Jesus. Like if I didn't grow up with him, then, you know, that was pivotal for me. And then, um, moving forward, going to a Christian school, I was exposed to Jesus way more. And it wasn't, you know, that I didn't want Jesus to be part of my life. It was just that I was still confused about it. So I think the Holy Spirit really put people in my life, like, you know, Jesus put me at Concordia Chicago, which was incredible. Um, So there I really, it was all around me. So, you know, my friends were people of faith and that was life changing. Cause I was like, this is weird. You're asking me how you can pray for me, like what you can do (laughs) and how you're supporting me in this way. And I'm like, this is crazy. So, um, who does this? Yeah. It's like, this is, this is how friendship is supposed to work. Uh, I had great friends in high school though. But I became a Young Life leader, which was intimidating at first because I was like, how am I supposed to talk about Jesus when I still need to learn? But I feel like once I recognize that we're all still learning, you know, yes, um, constantly. Joel's dad's been a pastor for 30 years, and he always still says, you know, still I'm st- still learning, and that's how it should be. So once I got over that, I was like, you know, I can do this. I can, I can spread the gospel to people in high school who are going through the same stuff I did and love them. 
and that's what Jesus calls us to do is love. That's so, awesome. Yeah. In the Lutheran church and a lot of Christian churches um, that baptize infants and then confirm those kids' faith later on, you know, those are some milestones of the faith where we can kind of point to and say, this is where faith was given and received. For you, through this young life process, was there kind of a an event or a time that, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm sure it was a long process as you said, you were a learner and you were hearing and Young Life is a great organization. Um, we partner with them as well and give thanks to them and creating a space for kids to feel safe. Is that correct? Yeah. And then they're translating the Bible into the, the words of 21st century teens. Yeah. And they're not saying words like justification and not ex- describing what that means. And um, they're, they're having adult leaders that love on the students appropriately and care for them and ask good questions. And so was there a moment, though, where you're like, wow, I'm all in. I, all of that work that those leaders and those, those people and my friends did, it really, it really has pointed to me saying, I believe in Jesus. Do you kind of have that moment or time? Or? Yeah, definitely in high school, it's already hard to go through high school. You know, you're going through so many changes in yourself, figuring out who you are and all these things. And I feel like each year of high school, I kind of went through something significant in my life that just kind of like impacted me. Um, like my freshman year, I had surgery and on what? Uh, on what? I just had like skin cancer had run was where was a worry in my family. So going through a surgery to prevent that actually led it to being closer to being diagnosed with skin cancer. It wasn't a great surgery. And then sophomore year, I think I went through like a heartbreak or something, classic high school heartbreak. <laughs> um, it wasn't through Joel. He's great. Um, but junior year, I had a kidney infection. I didn't know what was wrong with me, and I was just super sick. And I was in the hospital for like a week, and they had said, you know, if you didn't come in as soon as you did, it would have looked a lot different. So I spent Halloween there, um, which has changed the way I look at Halloween. Interesting, you know, yes. Yeah. <laughs> It changed the way I look at Halloween because of how they celebrate it in a hospital. So it's really made me think of, like, the kids that are constantly in the hospital oh, and, right. and stuff like that. And then my senior year, I think just, like, pivotal things of my childhood and, like, growing up just really started to surface. And I was really depressed. I was didn't know why really at the time. Now I know. But, like, reflecting back, like, was just not understanding myself and, like, I didn't want to go to school. I didn't want to get up. I was just sad. Um, and I think the pivotal point for me was, you know, being depressed and not knowing what to do. I knew that the failing things of this world, like all these things in this world are not as constant as Jesus. I was like, I need hope. I need I need something to lean on. And if Jesus is all that he, he has said he is and that these people are telling me that he is, then I need him. You do Beautiful. a marvelous job communicating your story. Thanks. <laughs> a way that's accessible. And, and it's because you have practice. It's very evident. You've shared your Jesus story with a lot of people. So, listener, talk about the ups and downs of life and how Jesus met you in beautiful, intimate, special ways, uh, personal ways. And uh, you've done that marvelously. So what I want our listeners to hear is your baptism story. So when were you baptized and what were some of the events uh, around that story? I was baptized in 2014 at Concordia, Chicago. Um, I think after understanding who Jesus is, that he's there for me, that he invites himself into the mess of my life, um, I I wanted to spend eternity with him. So um, 
baptism is that? And um, I met with the campus pastor and really just uh, he helped me gain an understanding of the significance of baptism and confirmation and and all of that. And in 2014, I was baptized in chapel, and then I was confirmed as a Lutheran in 2016 before we got married. Um, I think that was in February. So, yeah. So good. So, again, along the lines of your story, you share it consistently. What would you uh, tell someone if they're hesitant to share and even test out, this is my faith story with trusted friends, you know? It, does it? How does it sit with you to get some really good feedback on the way they share their story? Because that's that's what we got. We got God's story of His redemptive love, the Creator, the Redeemer, the Sanctifier of all, the work of the Triune God, and then how His story intersects with ours. And that takes some practice to to share. So, what words of advice would you give to someone who's hesitant in sharing their faith story? Yeah, I think it's really impactful to share a faith story. There's more people going through what you have gone through that can relate to you than you know. Um, so trying to hide the fact that you've gone through whatever you've gone through or whoever, however your faith story is laid out, um, you know, isn't bringing people to the kingdom. So the way that I've kind of like learned it or the way that I personally share my story is I build relationships with people because I think that's super impactful when they know you and how you are and who you are. And then you share your faith story. They're like, you're a normal human being and you love Jesus, and your story is relatable. So I think if they're, if you have a relationship with people, that's when they're going to listen. Um, and you told us a little bit about the relationship you had with a certain young life leader. Would you want to kind of share more about that? Because it really yeah. does take relationships to invite you to um, hear your story and then hear their story. So tell us about that person. Yeah, her name is Heather Gibbs. Um, We still stay in contact to this day, and she's truly the reason that I know Jesus. And I think the Holy Spirit has put other people in my life after her to keep me going, to keep me in faith. And um, she was just a person that listened to me. She just listened. She, She knew me, and she knew my family, and... She kind of just knew me more than I really knew myself. So um, she was a huge part of who I am and, and how far I've come. So so let's pivot to the dude on your right here, yeah. Joel Cosberg. Tell us a story of how you met and fell in love and eventually got married. We really <laughs> want to know that story. Yeah, we're really in love. Um, he played basketball for two years in college. And when I came my freshman year, we met through mutual friends of the basketball team. Um, and he's just really good looking, so that really sparked my interest in him. We heard that twice already, Joel. Yeah. It's nice that oh, this is an audio form, right? Yes. There's no way of checking. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, you can go home and just keep playing this whenever yeah, exactly. you whenever want for help. <laughs> Boost the um, steam. And we just kind of hit it off right away. We, we texted, well, my it was his birthday the next day after we first met, and my friend Raven asked for his number, not in like a dating way, in like a way of like, I want to wish you happy birthday. And I stole it from her phone um, to wish him happy birthday. (laughs) Friends steal other dudes' numbers. Yeah, well, I was creepy and I'm his wife, so it works out (laughs) in some degree. Um, And we really just hit it off. We we liked the same music, and I, yeah, Ben Rector was was our common ground, really. I love Ben Rector. Yeah. I remember tweeting a picture of me listening to Ben Rector on Pandora just so Joel can see it. And that, and you are sly. Yeah, I was really sly back then. It's Ooh. faded because now I have him. But um, <laughs> that's good. It's good. You don't need yeah. that anymore. Yeah, 
I, li- just, I liked it, I think. Yeah, you did like it. You and noticed. Then you, and then you texted me saying, hey, you listen to Ben Rector? I was like, oh, my gosh, for years. But so really, I'm hearing years. the Jesus story and the Ben Rector story here. You know? That's all it takes, <laughs> man. Jesus yeah. and Ben Rector. Jesus and Ben Rector. Game over yep. or game on, however you want to say it. So um, as we go yeah. more into your story, Joel, that's a beautiful story of you guys connecting. And now you've been married how long? Three years. Three years. Three years. Um, and Carly is how old? She's 10 months, 10 and a half months. Beautiful. Well, if we go back to your story, Joel, uh, from before uh, Becky, BB, before Becky, you weren't like uh, Pastor Tim here in that your dads are pastors. So what was it like growing up as they sometimes call it? I don't even know if you guys like this. You know, should Ben, does Ben like being called a PK, a pastor's kid? But what was it like growing up in a house with your dad being a pastor? You know, it was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't really feel any of the pressures that I hear other pastors, kids, PKs, we can call each other that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know I, okay, I'm sorry. Very sorry. Um, yeah, so I didn't really it's feel, an elite club. Yeah, it's yeah. an elite club. <laughs> no, I didn't really feel any of those pressures. I didn't feel like there was any other uh, extra expectations on me. Good. Felt like a pretty normal kid. Uh, but I feel really lucky to have the dad that I had, a dad who uh, cared about my spiritual formation, who uh, invested in me when I was young and still is investing in me today. Uh, he's a good dad. He's a pretty funny dude, and I think he's really thriving now as a grandpa to four grandkids and soon to be five. Not us. Not us. Uh, oh, not okay. Not okay. Us. <laughs> Joel's brother is due. Well, his wife is due in a week. So. Yep. That's tell awesome. us the, tell us a story of how you decided to be a pastor. Was there a burning bush moment, or kind of like was it a slow simmer, like for me? Yeah. Yeah, I don't really have like a burning bush story a big like moment where like Jesus whispered to me and uh, told me that I should be a pastor I originally went to college to be a teacher uh, I have a brother who's a pastor in South Carolina and he kind of knew the whole time growing up that he wanted to be a pastor that's not me uh, I want to be a, a teacher and a basketball coach and then I kind of realized teaching wasn't really for me didn't really enjoy it that much uh, being in the classroom and all that so about halfway through college, I decided uh, maybe I want to start doing something else. And I was talking to my dad and uh, thinking about things I think I'm good at, what I like to do, what I'm passionate about. And uh, I kind of landed on maybe, maybe I'll be a pastor. And I went into the pre-seminary program at Concordia uh, about like a year and a half, two years later than most. And uh, I've really actually kind of enjoyed... The process here. I'm, I'm not good. a pastor, but I like what I do so far. Yay. Um, and uh, I feel kind of affirmed in the decisions I've made uh, sure. since deciding to. What I heard in your story there is that your dad did play a role in being a sounding board yeah. for you as a teenager. And so him creating space to listen yeah. and, and give you everything that you might need um, to make a, a good decision and supportive. So uh, fathers and mothers out there, make sure you know that you do, in this world, you have one of the most important roles to listen to your children and invite them into creativity of di- an exploration of different roles that they could play based on how you say and encourage them that these are what you're really gifted on and this is how God has wired you. The way I would define your dad, his, he's a kind guide, a kind guide. He, he's just... Uh, Really, really good. And, and the way he reflected your story and helped to lead you to this point is pretty phenomenal. So Becky and Joel, your story is remarkably different. You're both united in Christ and to his story. But many people might see their story and say, well, that's kind of boring. 
no offense, born into a Christian family, a pastor's family at that, and then becoming a pastor, maybe not like the most exciting thing. I, I think many people feel this rub of not just having this incredible, holy moment of like, I lived a prodigal wreck life, and then I had this experience with Jesus where he radically redefined me. So what would you say, Joel, uh, to that person that is doubting the importance of their simple story of growing up in a Christian home? Let's make boring cool again. Could we do that? You know, what would you tell them uh, that would lead them to have motivation to share their simple story, lifelong story of following Jesus? Yeah, I guess I don't really think about uh, personal stories in that way. I guess I'd say I had that conversion experience, right? I had that moment where Jesus came into my life and claimed me as his own. I just don't remember it because I was like two weeks old or something <laughs> like that. He was baptized. baptized. Right, yeah, yeah, sorry. I was baptized, yeah. So like, what, is he, what happened to Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I wouldn't trade growing up in the faith, knowing Jesus, having the parents that I had teaching me who Jesus is and how much Jesus loves me uh, for a good story. Um, you know, I'm thankful for those kind of like road to Damascus stories where people are, you know, doing whatever they're wanting to do, whatever they want to do, and uh, Jesus comes in and basically, you know, knocks them over and changes their life at the spot. Uh, That's a great story, but it's not my story. Um, And I would say to somebody who's worried that their story is boring like mine, uh, you don't really need to worry about your story, whether you have a good story. Uh, you got a good Jesus, and that's probably enough. Man, that has been great today to hear both of your stories. And just to remind our listeners that uh, your story is important no matter where, where it falls, no matter how creative or not it is, no matter how crazy and up and down it is or not. And uh, the trust that you have in Christ. That was a door opening and closing. Yes, it was. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> Todd, you can cut that out, maybe? No. No, you're good. Hey, if you guys don't know, Todd is amazing, and he's the guy behind the scenes here with Adam Lamb as well, making all this happen. And so as we close here, back to you guys. Joel and Becky, it was awesome to have you on the show. And and just to you reminded our listeners that every in, story is important yeah. and that no matter where you find yourself, that uh, God has a plan, even if you don't know God. God has a plan for your life. He's created you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made. And just the power of listening to other people's stories. So we have been blessed by listening to your story. And just don't forget, leader, the power of listening to the stories of the people on your team. You might have people on your team, um, doesn't matter if you're Christian or not, and you don't even know their story. You don't know anything beyond the fact that you push out to-do list to them. And that should not be into the future. So get to know their story today. So leaders are learners. Two questions to close. What are you reading right now? What's kind of shaping your heart and mind as you continue to mature as kingdom-expanding leaders? Uh, I started reading Harry Potter. Okay. Yeah. Creative. Book yeah. one? I'm on book six, book but six. I need to restart because I had a baby in the middle of it, so I don't remember what happened. Okay. But I've been a little busy I stopped at book one. You have. You That's have. a really awesome. big mistake. They're awesome. I just keep yeah. going. Leaders yeah. should read fiction more often than we often do. 
So good for you, Harry Potter. Probably yeah. encouraged. Massive. The first one goes from like three hundred. The second book is yeah, like, yeah. It's definitely a determination. A Joel, wild. Joel's read it growing up yeah. and yeah. has expressed his excitement about it, and I always oh. made fun of him. And now you so love it. now I just started it because I was bored, and it's really good. So Joel, what are you reading? You better be reading something, dude. Well, I've been reading Simple Church because it was assigned to me. <laughs> but also I've been good reading job. a book called uh, Even Better Than Eden. Okay. It's mm-hmm. a book by Nancy Guthrie. Nice. Um, and it, she kind of traces nine themes or symbols from the Garden of Eden through all of the That's story awesome. of God's story, the humanity, narrative. the history of the world, and how it impacts our story. Wow. It's a pretty good book. Awesome. Beautiful. What are your last question? What are your dreams as a couple? What are you praying Jesus does in your life long term? What do you want uh, to leave as a, a legacy, even though you ultimately don't even care much about that? But, but what are some big dreams that you guys have as a couple? Uh, I think building the kingdom would be, mm-hmm. you know, number one. I think um, just continuing to share our story and love each other like Jesus intended us to um, and showing people, I don't know, but that's... You know. Yeah, I hope to live life with Becky and with Jesus for the rest of my life. And Carly. Um, yeah, well, yeah, Carly, too. <laughs> we have She's really no keep her. No, we're yeah. talking about us. Yeah. How about a duck in your future? No. Oh, no. We can't we'll do ducks. Ducks. no. We are in a suburb. Bad. I love my mom, but no. no, no, no. Yeah, and just kind of uh, seeing what Jesus has in store for us, uh, where he wants to take us, what we want to do, uh, what he wants to do with us. So uh, we're young. We've only been married three years, but I'm excited to see what's ahead. More ahead for sure. Thanks for being on the show. It's an honor to have you here and in our community over the next 11 months. And then to see you guys have a bright future ahead, no matter where God calls you to be his gospel light, to empower others, to expand the kingdom. Thanks for joining us on Lead Time. Um, Sharing is caring. And we give you thanks for listening today. And we would love to uh, have you chime in next week on Monday and listen up to our next Lead Time. And we believe here at Lead Time that eternities are changed when a leader grows. So keep growing. We're proud of you. Keep getting after it. Jesus is shining through you. We'll see you next Monday. Peace. Peace. You have been listening to Lead Time with Tim and Jake. Please subscribe at cglchurch.org backslash lead time. Thanks for listening. Tune in next Monday for another episode.